Now, ladies and gentlemen, for your further listening pleasure... Direct from the golf course and onto your radio, this is... Hello, everybody. The Fred and Jeff Show. Tucson, this is the Fred and Jeff Show. This is Fred Ronson. I'm here with my little brother, Jeffrey. Dude, that's my line. What Hola, your... Tucson. What's said, that hello, Tucson business? I am the English version of the show. You are oh, the Spanish version night. of the show. Can I have those headphones right over there? No, you cannot. Get <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> we are celebrating the people, the places, events, history, and culture that make living in Tucson and oh. Southern Arizona so gosh darn wonderful. Oh, this is much better. <laughs> much better. Good morning, Freddie. Good morning. How are you doing on this uh, lovely, soon-to-be spring day? What do you mean? It is spring. It's early. No, it's great. It's early. No. And we invite I'm people. I'm saying it's not great. We I, invite people early. to visit us at friendjeff.com, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and even subscribe to this tome of wisdom and entertainment on your favorite podcast platform. Source. Yeah, I like that. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. iTunes, TuneIn Radio, et cetera. Et cetera. Your yeah. favorite? Et cetera. Your favorites, not etc. That's like a. I think that's a. That's uh, my. That refers to a former spouse. Ah, yes, thank you. Your etc. Your etc. You know that's why I was listening to uh, Abba this morning. <laughs> I was thinking about <laughs> ex spouses. <laughs> really? <laughs> not yours, not mine. Just you know, random ex spouses. Yeah, like the fact that we're ex spouses, famous ex spouses. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> do you know any? Ex-spouses? Famous ex-spouses. Um, well, we talked about Gwen Stefani. We, when did we talk about her? No doubt. Bridget, the lovely Bridget Thumb. Ah. Was, uh, here with us in the I, w- I was not, uh, I was not uh, party of that, to that conversation. Yeah, so we, we are actually broadcasting from the beautiful lobby of Hotel Congress in the KXCI. Elizabeth Taylor. She was an ex-spouse multiple Several times. Several times, yeah. 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 Frank Sinatra. True. Famous ex-spouse. Yeah. Anyhow, your point is? We're, we're broadcasting from the beautiful KXCI Tucson's Community Radio substation, substudio over at Hotel Congress. And you know what? I always thought when we started broadcasting from here that when people walked past us here on Congress Street, they'd walk by and go, hey, Fred, Jeff, how you doing? They'd, they'd wave. People would look in and go, what the heck are those guys doing in there? What are they doing in there? And guess what? They don't do that. Nothing. People are too busy trying no, to figure I, out where they're going downtown. No, I just think it's we're doing it way too early. So, you think so? Yeah. Hey, oh, there's no, a waiver. Hey, he waved again. <laughs> nice job, Barbara. Nice job. Yeah, so, so yeah, so if you're if so if you see us in the studio, just give us a little wave. Make yeah, us feel good. Well, if you see anybody in the studio, the, this studio is used uh, a lot. Is it? Yeah. It's really it sounds really good in Because there. community radio is a big thing. It is a big thing and we love it. Yeah. And actually, there's a little slot in the door. Uh, you can put leave some donations. Yes, I put a dollar in there. Unfortunately, that dollar will be there forever <laughs> because it's glassed in. It's glassed in. You cannot get it out of there unless you get like a coat hanger and a piece of chewing gum. Yeah, it's awesome. And even then, you might not get it out of there. Yeah, but it's still fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah, so we, we recommend people. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, put in notes to us. We'll never see it. Right. But you can say you did. True. And people say, hey, Jeff. Uh, I I left you you a note. (laughs) (laughs) I left you a note. It's very important. Don't say anything mean because then it's going to be there in perpetuity and we'll have to see it all the time. That would be bad. It would be like an unofficial time capsule. Yes. Very good. 
Yeah, unofficial. All right, cool. So we got a we got a good show today, do we? We do. We have a very good show today, folks. You're in for a super duper duper schmooper treat, an old pueblo treat with our friend. <laughs> and you know, and for those of you out there that, that don't know, Fred and I have been doing this show for about six years, seven now, seven years. But we yeah. took a bit of a hiatus, yeah, about a six month. Yeah, it was a little bit more than that, don't you think? No, it was about six months. Was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like a long time. But anyhow, and so what, we're, what we've decided to do is go back to the old archives and invite some of the fun people that we've had on the show in the past. On other stations. On any anywhere. We might not have been on another station. We might have been traveling around in the old Pueblo with our little podcast unit. Yeah, truly. Uh, we could have been, you know, hanging out at a bar. Or half, a cigar half dr- shop. Half or drunk. I don't know about that. Uh, just talking to random people. Who in my life, the there's no such thing as half drunk. Ah, uh, you're either in or you're out. You got to commit. We do have to commit. You must commit. Yeah. So, uh, so today we've brought back the love, our lovely friends from the Ishkashita Network. Did I say that right? Yes, you just forgot refugee in the middle. Ishkashita. Re- well, that's probably one of the most important parts, Barbara. Well, um, some people makes people tremble. Uh, refugee. Yes. Refu- There's a good song by our, our our deceased old friend Tom Petty that. Uh, anyhow, uh, okay, and <laughs> pronounce your last name because I always say Ensworth, but I don't think that's right. No, it's incorrect. Uh, it's Eyesworth. Eyesworth. The eyes have it. If you say it uh, more three times fast, quickly and s- and click your heels. Yeah. Eisvert. Eisvert. Oh, and then I'll end up somewhere in Germany or something. Yes, okay, exactly. got it, got it. So you're not a native of the old pueblo, are you? No, but Appar- I sure apparently feel from like Germany. <laughs> oh, where, where Pen- are you? Pennsylvania. Oh, you're from Pennsylvania. Yes. Oh, the Pennsylvania Germans. The Dutch Germans or the Pennsylvania Germans? Well, it was uh, Deutsch, <laughs> Dutch. Yeah. And wh- how'd you find yourself in the old pueblo? I was uh, transferred with the U.S. Geological Survey from Reston, Virginia, to Tucson 25 years ago. So you're a geologist. That's uh, that's that's one interpretation. <laughs> I prefer to call myself an environmental scientist, but I what's the difference between a geologist and an environmental scientist? Uh, I went on to study bigger and better things after geology uh, oh. through the Airlands Resource Sciences program at the U of A. Oh, so a, an Arizona alumni. Yes. Very nice. Now, why'd you pick the U of A of all of all the places you could have gone to school? Why Arizona? Well, I was still thinking geology, and I was still part of the USGS, um, and that's I was transferred to and, and uh, looked forward to a, a, a short career as a PhD student. That was um, a fallacy. It was not a short career as a PhD student. Th- that's but never a short career. <laughs> well, some people seem to be able to well, do Well, some it. people seem to think we're students our whole lives. Yes. So, yeah, so people, if they don't know, there is uh, the USGS is located at on campus at the University of Arizona. Correct. I've Fred, you had some run-ins with them when you were on the city council, didn't you? Yeah, I love those guys because— The water thing? Yeah, because they, they tell you the truth. <laughs> Un- unfiltered <laughs> science. <laughs> so you're down there hanging out with those guys, Barbara. Well, that's what why I came to Tucson 25 years ago, but some 15 years ago— my career took a sharp left turn into and activism and tell us w- how that happened um it was a mistake no uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> um 
But uh, I was traveling back and forth trying to finish my thesis, um, doctorate in Airlands Resource Sciences, and um, was heavily affected by coming back to leaving Malawi, Africa, coming back to Tucson and finding fruit falling on the ground and nobody caring. Okay, <laughs> wait, you, you skipped, I think, a critical component here. Yeah. What were you doing in Malawi, Africa? I was doing my PhD. <laughs> oh, in Malawi. That's yes. where you were studying? Yes. Okay. Rocks. Soil erosion and whatnot. And what did you discover in Malawi? Um, that um, the land is ravished and taking the national forest land and the national parks out of protection would only ravish the land further if it was put into agriculture. So there was an agricultural twist there coming back to Tucson. I was just floored, disgusted, um, amazed at how much food from people's backyards went to waste. And Now, uh, when you say food, you're not talking about the family picnic and throwing away the leftovers. No. We're and we, it's funny you state that because uh, we've decided to stop calling it food waste because that's passive and it's wasted food. We've, we've invested in edible trees. I know that's gonna cause some issue in, in uh, between the two of you, but uh, edible what? trees, edible fruit. Wait a minute, wait, 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 time out, time out. What <laughs> would, we don't eat the trees, okay, it's oh, an edible we're not, trees We're not about produce. the vernacular, we're about the, you know, the, the meaning, the intent. And see, we're not fast enough. We could have made a joke. Yeah. yeah. But, but we missed it. But we uh, like you too much, too, so we're not going to harass you so today. So edible fruit comes off of edible trees, edible pods, leaves, bark, flowers. Mm -hmm. And we have harvested uh, um, coming up on 90 different things. Okay, you keep, you keep skipping. You <laughs> keep skipping. Back up. So back Beginning, up. Beginning, middle, and end. Right. So you come back from Malawi. You see the lands there are ravished. The people are starving. Yes. You come back to Tucson as you're going back and forth to finish your PhD. Yes. And you're like, holy mackerel, over there <laughs> people are over there people are going crazy for f they need food, and here we're just letting it fall the gr to the ground and rot. Correct. And that got you motivated to teach a group of teens through a program through the city of Tucson. Um, um, back in the day when Fred was part of the council, get people involved in noticing what what what. Um, food resources were in their neighborhood. Could we collect them? Yeah, and actually, could we make a map of those food uh, resources? Yeah, I actually remember that. It was we funded a mapping pro uh, program. Exactly in Dunbar Springs. Yeah. No, in Rincon Heights. No, did we do one in both? Well, yeah, I thought we. Yeah, I <laughs> thought we, it was Dunbar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So you got a bunch of high school kids, and and you mapped what? We where mapped here's the a lemon tree, here's an orange tree, here's a pomegranate tree. Right, exactly. So we decided what was a food resource, and so uh, we um, mapped the locations of mesquite trees and, and prickly pear, if uh, they had lots of fruit on it. We mapped uh, jujubes and, and all the citrus varieties. Now, people didn't care you were wandering around in their backyards checking out the trees? So we only went on with permission. Um, we did have some bouncing teenagers that would look over the walls, <laughs> um, but whatever we could see from the streets or alleys, or if we had the opportunity to engage the homeowner, um, we'd interview them and ask them about their food resources. Um, the, the, this is called the, uh, uh, the art of gleaning, um, but it's with permission, because otherwise that would just be stealing. Right. And we, I was elated to, to find this out, and 
be able to change the vocabulary that I used for um, collecting fruit that was going unused, yet we had invested land and labor, water and fertilizer into these fruit trees, but nobody's using them. So we've done some research projects to look at that um, and, and calculate the numbers, how much is produced, how much is um, invested in these trees as far as water and fertilizers and fertilizer and then what is produced from the tree and, and what's the street value or what you would pay for grapefruit in the grocery store. Often grapefruit, which are very plentiful, I can't fathom why would anyone buy a grapefruit from the store because ours are local, sweet, uh, ripened on the tree and taste delicious. But back in Pennsylvania where I grew up, they were sour and, and, and not so great. Yeah, and you we know, have a fantastic resource here that we're not utilizing. It, it's funny you, you bring back you, back in Pennsylvania. My wife's got family from Indiana who were just in town for the rodeo. You know, they'd never seen a rodeo, never been to a rodeo. And so they were very excited to come here. And the first thing they commented on as they're driving back from the airport to our house is they're, they're looking at the trees going, what's going on there? Like, what do you mean? That's a lemon tree. That's an orange tree. You never seen a lemon? No, no, no. You guys have lemons and oranges that grow and ripen in January and February in Tucson. They were blown away. And it, these are people from Indiana who, right. you know, they make corn. They make soybeans. They raise pigs. They, you know, they, it's the it's the basket of the bread of, basket of America. Yeah. And they were blown away that we have citrus falling on the ground in February in Tucson. Well, the funny thing is, um, growing up, we used to get nuts and tangerines every single year in our Christmas stockings. Really? And that is because it was so special, and those items were so exotic, and it was the middle of the winter, and we appreciated that that sunshine and citrus juice right in the middle of the s in the in the middle of the winter. And we, I never knew why that was. I just thought it was so that my parents didn't have to buy more presents for the stockings. <laughs> it's a little fruit, a fruit filler. Fruit filler, but it was because it was special. And yeah. now I think we're so disconnected from our food and I where it I comes don't, from. I, I agree with that, being disconnected from where our food comes from. But I think that it it's comes from, from the, the store. Chili. Yeah, oh yeah, it does come from the store. Uh, but... But I think what's interesting is because it's kind of like w how we take the Grand Canyon for granted. Here we mm -hmm. are, live in Arizona, and have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Of course. Uh, no. Yeah. What do you mean you've never been to the Grand Canyon? Well, you live in Arizona. Uh, no. Yeah. So we, we take it so much for granted mm -hmm. that we, you just drive around and you see all this fruit flying all over the place. So I have, I have it's a, amazing. Uh, I have a uh, trivia uh, issue. A trivia question? No, it's just an issue. So somebody, uh, I was talking to somebody. Uh, uh, one of the local uh, nurseries, mm -hmm. and they were talking about the, uh, the what's the difference between a tangerine and a mandarin orange? Tangerine and a mandarin orange? Yeah. Okay. So we have this discussion in my office every year. Nothing. Is, there's no difference. <laughs> really? Yeah. So when, you, when you're when A mandarin orange is a tangerine? Yeah. So, so a mandarin orange is from Tangiers. That's where you get the name tangerine. And it's a marketing thing, so... When you're at the grocery store or wher wherever you get your fruit, if you want a tangerine or a mandarin orange, same thing, buy what's ever cheaper because one oh will be gosh. more expensive than the other. So then what's the difference between a tangerine and a tangelo? A tangelo is a hybrid between an orange and tangerine. <coughs> Aha. What is it? 
Thank you for that opportunity, Fred. A Tangelo, <laughs> which we have one right here. Hey, Barbara's done now. <laughs> no, I like a her tan- more. Tangelo is. It's still a hybrid. Yes, that's true, Fred. You got part of the part of the solution. It's <laughs> a hybrid, but the common mistake is that it's uh, it's it's actually usually bigger than an orange, bigger than a mandarin. So it is it's it's a cross between a mandarin tangerine, same thing, with a grapefruit or a pomelo. A pomelo. I don't have a pomelo in my basket, but I, so grapefruit. So they're often bigger than an orange and bigger than a ma- mandarin. So how did it? How did it get this big? Well, it's because it's crossed with a grapefruit or a pomelo. And there's oh. uh, some 200 varieties of citrus out there. And they don't know the DNA lineage of all of those. Wait a second. There's they can't 200 send types of, of citrus in Pima County growing? So, no. in the okay. in, No. Just in overall in the world. Here, I would say we have over 20. Um, so that's a common mistake. Um, with all these different crosses that we have. We have a lot of kumquat crosses here in Tucson, too. So is there, let me ask you this question. You know, a lot of people say that their their citrus tree is ornamental and the fruit shouldn't be eaten. Is that accurate or no? Would it be too rude to make that sound again? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, That's incorrect. And um, we used to get calls years ago. Ten years ago, I used to get calls, and they'd say, do you, wa- do you want my sour oranges? And I'm thinking, when freezes over, yeah, maybe. Uh, no, I want, no, I don't want your sour oranges. You want me to come and clean up your, your yard? Well, <laughs> um, so that was, that was uh, short-sighted on my, my part. Um, we now host, and not host, but we, we welcome refugees UN refugees, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, yep. from Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan, and they adore sour oranges, and they've taught us tons of different recipes on what to do with sour oranges. The other name for them is Seville oranges, because they were used in Seville, Spain, historically for marmalades, but we make all kinds of dishes. Okay, now we're really getting ahead of ourselves. So let's, let's <laughs> take a step back. Take a step back. So you get these kids together and you run around these neighborhoods and you map out where all these citrus, where all the food these, resources, all are. the food resources are in in these two neighborhoods. And what do you discover? Four neighborhoods. Four neighborhoods. Sa- what do you discover? Sam- Samos and Jefferson Park. Jefferson Park was the first. Okay. We noticed that lots of people don't use the fruit in their in their yards. Now, when you talk about lots of people and the number, the amount of fruit, with those few neighborhoods, how much are you talking? How much fruit? So um, so we started out just being able to harvest a few thousand pounds, but we now average somewhere between 100 and 150,000 pounds. In those neighborhoods? In, in, in w- wherever now. Okay, got it, got it, got so it. So we started out in one neighborhood at a time, and I think uh, the 116 different properties were mapped with having food resources in one of those. Um, but now we accept fruit from um, all over the city of Tucson and beyond. So what is the number one fruit that you guys glean? Wow. I, so I've never looked at that. So you don't like everybody, get a Everybody always thinks that grapefruit is, grapefruit's the large, it's a large quantity, lots of trees. Uh, we also glean from farms and orchards, and so 
Um, we've kind of perfected um, the pumpkin squash harvest after Halloween because again, um, some of those students that were working with us at the, the end of those mapping projects were from Somalia. And those were UN refugees that have been invited by the US government to be resettled permanently in Tucson, have the legal right to work, and have um, left their country because of Wait, uh, you're fear skip of skip Skipping ahead again, <laughs> skipping ahead again. I know you've got an agenda, but no. let's talk so about the type of fruit. So, so I'll give you examples of, um, we went out to Buckaloo Farms, we um, help out um, St. Mark's Pre um, Methodist in cleaning up their, their pumpkin patch here in town. Um, we've often harvested uh, the Patagonia Farm of Native Seed Surge. This year we harvested 39,000, something like 367 pounds of native squash with the help of South Point High School, another high school students from Empire High School in, in Vail. And uh, this is a common resource that goes to waste because you have to pick your, you pick your pumpkin out in the patch and then then there's billions of Charlie Brown pumpkins that don't get don't get picked. And they and so I always thought they left those pumpkins out there to reseed the the pumpkin patch. That would make farming easy. Farming is not easy. And Jeff. so they got to scrape all that stuff out of there, clean it up, so and they start over. They don't scrape it out of there. They sometimes um, allow pig farmers to come in. Sometimes oh. bring cattle or horses to come in and feed on the on the squash and, then and they have pumpkins. The natural and, and then they have and then they then they um, plow it under for, for organic matter that's really good for um, um, future crops. Future crops. And um, we even have donated some of our biggest pumpkins to the zoo so that the, um, the nutritionists at the zoo love them because they're highly nutritious, great for the elephants. The elephants can't just eat them, they have to stomp them first. And then, and that's a video I haven't captured yet, but we've been talking about it for 10 years. Okay, so in a nutshell, your group takes all as much of the food resources around Tucson, Pima County, as you can find, and you redistribute it to whoever it would would right. benefit the most. The now, who does all of this gleaning? Volunteers and volunteer refugees. Now, let's talk about those refugees. Refugees are from thirty the, different countries. Yeah, and over the over the I don't know whether it's the decade, the millennia, long time. Refugee is kind of a four-letter word, but it's not, is it? It is absolutely not. There are refugees that give back to the community every day. I work with seniors, 65, 75 years old, out there harvesting so that we can, um, sure, 50% of what we harvest goes to refugees, refugee families, and organizations that help refugees. 40% also goes to food banks. Um, and soup kitchens, we are delivering to Casa Maria, who feeds, you know, 400 people every single day. We deliver to them every single week um, fresh fruits and vegetables, whatever we have on hand. So we, um, and we are even able to get out to rural food banks now. Um, so as our, our, our capital campaigns have been, been very successful, uh, Arizona Gives, Giving Tuesday, that's allowed us to increase our capacity so that we can even um, give um, citrus and some of the squash to the food banks such as Ajo and Nogales and Sierra Vista and Douglas. Oh, that's awesome. They are different climates. They're just a little bit higher than us. They have no citrus whatsoever. Um, and we have an abundance 
of, so the two big things, you go back to that question, two big things that we harvest are probably pumpkins and squash, but the refugees have taught us that we have to harvest the seeds, we have to harvest the leaves and the shoots and the flowers and the immature pumpkins. All of a sudden, what was a food resource, one single food resource that has turned into four or five different things that we can eat. And now you brought a basket with you. Yes. And you've got all kinds of citrus. You've got, it looks like yep. a squash, all kinds of fun stuff. I, I think the, the, the message that we want to send our listeners is that the Ishkashita Refugee Network is out in Tucson, and you guys are redistributing food resources to those who need it as opposed to letting it rot on the ground. That's correct. Yeah, so, I mean, even uh, at the 4th Avenue office last season, we had them come, and we just have one tree, and they came and took everything off the tree. So the food bank is no longer doing these individual harvesting, so it makes it even more important for people to support Ishkashita so we can continue this work. The byproduct that's critical is that we're doing community integration of these refugees as they're learning English, as they're learning to navigate the, the city, they feel part of our, our, our community. They become American citizens, and they're given back from three days off the plane. For And, and sometimes we have, I have refugees that are giving, giving back and helping us redistribute for 10, 12, 14 years. That's awesome. So let's talk, let's talk about money for a second, because if people wanted to participate with the program, there are products that are available for purchase. Yes. So if they go to uh, the Ishkashita website, they can find all sorts of tasty things that are made by these refugees, uh, a lot of them native styles of cooking or, yes. or food pr- preparation. Um, and that's, that's available if people would go to... So it's probably um, more readily, the information updating these small batch marmalades and jams right, and right. syrups and right. vinegars that we make is probably m- more readily available on our Facebook page. Okay. I encourage people to go there. And, and Ishkashita is spelled I-S-K-A-S-H-I-T-A-A. Ishkashita. But if you can't remember that, I don't know why, you can go to www harvesttucson.org and that's a capital H, capital T and that'll get you there. That's how you register your tree so you can give us the information about your tree. We can schedule you ahead of time. Um, we, we harvest every Wednesday, every Friday and we can always use volunteers. We can always use donations. All right. Awesome. Barbara, thanks so much for what you do. You make Tucson a better place just by you know, having something that you were curious about and you've made it work for lots and lots of people so thank you thank you all right folks that's the show we'll uh, see you next week here on the fred and jeff show go out there and meet your neighbor because they're the ones that make tucson great and you too